Hi everyone, welcome to the CoinPass podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Hancock, CEO of CoinPass.com. And on the podcast, we talk about crypto, fintech, finance, and trading. Uh, joining me today is a very special guest from the XRX Exchange in uh, India. And today we're talking about the download on the crypto scene in India. So we want to get out to a much wider audience. We want to talk crypto with everyone from all over the world. And joining me today is uh, Jason Fernandez from XRX, who provides uh, access to spot, futures, and options trading. And the company's peer-to-peer product, My Exchange, enables anyone to become their own exchange. Very, very cool concept. Uh, Jason is joining me as an entrepreneur, a speaker. Uh, he's in the blockchain industry with FinTech Media Outlet, and he also started TokenJ.TV. Welcome, Jason. Thank you for joining us today, mate. Thanks, Jeff. How you doing? Yeah, really good. Obviously, it's been a while since we've been on one of these calls. We used to do quite a lot of the uh, the streaming and news back in the day uh, on Blocks Live TV, so it's obviously good to kind of uh, rejoin and, and, and do some cool content. Uh, so that, thanks for joining us. And and uh, yeah, just real quick before we launch off, from your background, as we looked up, it was uh, you had a long working career in kind of IoT and kind of web streaming, but what made you originally want to get involved in sort of crypto, blockchain, and trading? Yeah, so I was really into uh, the whole concept of, of uh, fintech. Uh, I have a friend, a really close friend in the in the banking industry, and we spent a lot of time talking about sort of the intersection of technology and banking, sort of before uh, uh, blockchain really took off, in fact, before it really became even something to think about. And sometime around 2012, 2013, I started seeing uh, the massive increase in, in, in the entire money supply, both in, in India and the United States. The United States, you can see really really clearly it pops up around 2002 and then sometime around 2012, 2013, it just goes just insane. It's something like three or four, four X, five X, uh, what it was, you know, for, for mm. years before that. Um, and so I think I saw, started seeing that particularly in India and, 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 and I was like, this need, this, this is not sustainable. Something needs to be done. And, uh, you know, I, I, I saw Bitcoin was sort of a good, uh, was sort of a good um, a good medium, and so I started writing a lot. I was a, a columnist at the time, so I started writing a lot about Bitcoin. I wrote one of uh, an article in 2013 talking about how Bitcoin is sort of like uh, the best thing since sliced bread, and everybody needs yeah. to get on it. And at the time, Bitcoin was just thirteen dollars. And then I think a few months ago, a few months later, uh, India just printed like a whole bunch extra more money. So I started started to, you know sort of pick up around then. I think for sure. And we're almost doing a little bit of uh, history repeats at the moment with uh, I suppose what's going on with the DeFi scene. Uh, seeing right. tokens popped out of nowhere, going bananas uh, with kind of nothing behind them except for kind of yield farming and stuff like that. So right. not a great use of the tech personally. Um, I think there's still obviously a very, very long way to go. But the concepts right. are interesting in there that everyone can be a fair participant outside of, you know, what we call regular money. Um, right. So but you're, you're in the, uh, uh, the crypto scene in India. And kind of give us a little bit of a, I suppose, an overhead there at the moment. Kind of, you know, what's it like? You know, how is it different to other scenes around the world? You do quite a lot of traveling, so you've obviously got quite a unique yeah. uh, aspect of that. And and I suppose with you know a lot of the news that we've seen over the maybe the past kind of six to twelve months, you know, regulation, you know, is it on or is it off? Yeah. Uh, so right now we're in limbo. I think recently in March, uh, like the highest court, uh, the Supreme Court basically quashed an RBI ruling that had made it sort of very, very difficult for Indian exchanges to get bank accounts and to have sort of any uh, relationship at all with the banking industry. Mm. And that, uh, uh, the, the Supreme Court sort of uh, squashing that has really, you know, led to massive increase in volume on exchanges. So like, I think Akasha uh, said that they had like 800% increase like within the first 48 hours of the decision. Uh, some, some exchanges said that they had something like 600 BTC in the first 24 hours, other exchanges. Um, and I think one of the main reasons there was that sort of rush is because people felt that there was possibly a 
small window uh, between the time the Supreme Court had crushed this order and before they actually released uh, their own regulations. So I think a lot of people in the industry expected regulations. I wasn't actually one of them. I didn't think it would come, up, come that quickly, but a mm -hmm. lot of people did. And so I think that led, sort of led to a, a spike in people buying, you know, Bitcoin and stuff. And another thing that happened sometime around March is um, the Yes Bank, which is India's fourth largest lender, uh, they collapsed and uh, that wow. damaged, you know, confidence in the, in the banking system. And it's, it's sort of a nationwide panic. Uh, and that really boosted the argument for Bitcoin. Mm. And I think uh, uh, some, some, some exchanges said that they had like boosts of like 250, 450% mm. of trade, like right after this sort of uh, collapse by Yes Bank. So uh, I think March was one of the best months for a lot of uh, cryptocurrency exchanges here. I know that like even with Xerox, which is like the top cryptocurrency exchange here owned by Binance, they saw signups increase uh, by 25% just, just since the mm. lockdown started. And I think sure. part of the reason, you know, part of the reason that is, is because this is sort of Bitcoin is almost like built uh, for some sort of situation like this. So you have like uh, a 24-7 market when most Indians are only used to trading between a certain, from 9 a.m. to 3.30, the Indian equity markets are only open from 9 a.m. to 3.30. Everybody's sitting at home. Uh, the internet is always available. It's twenty four seven. So it's sort of it's sort of do? built. This, you know, it's, this is the sort of the, yeah. And so I think a uh, lot of things have. Yeah, that's got a very twenty. That's got a very twenty twelve, twenty thirteen feel again because there's so some of the you know biggest entrepreneurs in the space now that are, are kind of in crypto that have come from Wall Street. You know, they've come from uh, traditional finance. They were either trading crypto or market making, and they're kind of off hours. You know, they were at their trading desk, uh, at their Bloomberg screens between you know six and three, you know, whichever trading hours they were following, whichever market. And then in the off time, there was like, well, there's this other market that's completely untapped, that's relatively illiquid compared to you know modern markets, where they can be you know a significant participant with you know a, a couple of million dollars. Um, and I think j just like you know that's how a lot of us, you know, maybe not market Sorry. makers and millions of dollars, but originally we got into it, right? You know, Saturday afternoon, uh, I'm not going out. I want to learn. I want to do something. Uh, I'm going to look at my portfolio, and here's a 24/7 market that you could be a very, very active participant in. And I suppose you know we talked about certain videos uncertainty um, with the uh, with regs and the on and off and and banking collapses, etc. Do you do you think it's it's going to have to happen eventually anyway? Like a permable will say, like I don't know, Bitcoin's everywhere. Bitcoin's the the end all. It fixes banking, etc. I'm all in. But I mean, do you think there's you know a, a healthy uh, regulatory standard that will help you know, bring India into kind of the rest of the, the crypto world in a positive way? Yeah, so I think some some degree of regulation is inevitable. Uh, personally, my gut feeling is that I think the sooner it comes, the more hostile it will likely be. Mm. Uh, that's just sort of my gut. Uh, so like I'm sort of more, yeah, I mean, I'm sort of, sort of more in favor of the whole Hester Pierce approach, uh, where you sort of have like a regulatory sandbox exception uh, that should be carved out for crypto. And so you can sort of innovate without having to worry about the sort of uh, securities regulations. Uh, and if there are regulations, so I'm, I am in favor of regulations happening now, but I'm in favor of very narrow regulations, sort of, mm. sort of focus more uh, with regard to regulation of user funds. So I know that there are some exchanges that are touching user funds, staking user funds, that's obviously not a good idea. Uh, also sort of like ideas of keeping things in cold wallets. Uh, so sort of basic industry norms that that may or may not be followed by brand new exchanges and there's really it's not a regulated you know industry so these sort of things i think should be 
uh, regulated, but it should be very targeted and focused mm. on on that. Not taking so, the existing rule think, set and morphing them, actually having a specific rule set. Yeah, because I think um, I think more comprehensive regulations, uh, uh, if they're introduced now, would be negative for the industry. But if we wait, if they were to wait, uh, it would give some time for exchanges to and 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 uh, the industry to sort of the, the government to sort of build trust. And I think a lot of uh, uh, our processes will end up being adopted. Like I know at X-Rex, you have very stringent, uh, you know, policies on 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 KYC on on how many trades people are allowed to do, like the percentage. And these aren't like legal. These aren't legal uh, things. These are just sort of uh, things that we're doing to protect users, and we're doing uh, sort of carving out on our own. So and I think those sort of things, are, our view is those sort of things will end up being absorbed into regulation anyway when mm -hmm. that becomes and that's to you know you talk about ensuring uh client customer protection here not from you know protecting from themselves in a kind of draconian way but in a you know in a in a risk-based system you know some of these controls are not even in proper regulated markets there was a you know horrendous story in the us a couple of months ago where um uh someone very new to, to retail trading uh somehow mm -hmm. accessed some some huge amount of leverage for trading options uh and eventually got himself into a huge amount of debt and uh and and ended his life which is not healthy for any market whatsoever. So I think you know when you talk about regs and you talk about um, you know, putting those you know either restrictions in place or tiering in base when it comes to amount of trades or percentage of trades or risk of trades, you know you're you're doing you know it's a healthy step in the right direction. It's not it's not holding people back. And um, yeah. it's something we spoke about a, a, a few times a little while ago off, off camera is about, you know, I suppose investment coming into the country in India around um, around crypto and around fintech. Uh, what are you kind of seeing, I suppose, in your opinion, as one of the big drivers for that at the moment? So I think, uh, you know, the, 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 the increase in volume has obviously brought a lot of investment. I think a lot of companies, like massive companies, are looking at India. Uh, as a possible growth market, there certainly is massive potential. India remains one of the largest uh, unbanked countries in the world. I think it's the, third, the second largest unbanked country in the world. Uh, and so Binance, uh, we know Binance has bought Wazirx outright. Wazirx was sort of the main crypto exchange in India, uh, founded by Nishal. Uh, Coinbase uh, obviously has is sort of trying to enter it again, enter this market. And so to their end, they've sort of invested $2 million in CoinDCX. I think somewhere a little over that. But that's in your second largest exchange. So I know uh, Jayco of OK Exchange has also uh, got some people uh, to head P2P in India, which is exchanging some messages earlier. Uh, I think uh, even even Bitfinex has announced Anush Basin as like their biz dev uh, head for Southeast Asia. And I think every every major exchange has appointed somebody uh, to look after the Indian market and to sort of see that it's growing. I think it's it's um, the P2P volume has just exploded in the last few months, especially since the, uh, the, the quarantine and the pandemic and such. Definitely, so yeah. I think that, yeah, you know, a lot of, lot of countries, uh, a lot of new companies are looking at India as possible growth markets. For sure. And I mean, are these, uh, we're talking about kind of existing players here. Uh, existing players that are expanding their markets and appointing new ones, uh, appointing new, obviously, uh, BizDev to, to open up those kind of markets and marketing, etc. Um, but what about new companies? What about startups in crypto and startups in fintech? Are they kind of seeing any sort of benefit or are they in kind of a stagnant uh, a stagnant place where the, the big players are kind of have uh, their foothold already and there's kind of no room to move? So there are, there are, a, few, um, there are a few decent uh, companies that are just coming up. Uh, I think one of the main issues with uh, with 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 India, both as a startup industry, because I was you know I was in the startup industry here before, uh, raising funds is extremely difficult. 
uh, investors tend to be really, really risk averse. And as you know, investors tend to not uh, invest too far away from home. Mm. So you got this sort of situation where you have highly risk averse investors, and that's pretty much the only capital that's available for these companies. And that's why you see a lot of these startups in India gravitate to a service oriented uh, as opposed to product oriented uh, offerings because right. it's much easier to guarantee a service oriented offering than a product because that could go one way or the other, right? So uh, there's a massive lack of funding infrastructure in India and particularly in crypto, there are not really uh, the, the, the exchanges, the, sorry, I'm sorry, the uh, investment um, arms that exist here are not really looking at crypto as, as a viable option. I think mm. Uh, a lot of them are, are concerned about regulation. The ones that are not concerned, just not really looking at crypto. I mean, there are some, of course, there are some crypto investments that happen here, but it's much, much more difficult if you're a crypto company over here than if you're a company like, let's say, Europe or, or, or in the United States. Uh, and, and the only area that this that funding is really coming in is from overseas investors, from uh, places like China. China is investing heavily in, in, in the industry. I know that uh, Binance is, has, has um, launched a fund uh, where they're sort of giving Binance tokens, they're sort of uh, Binance tokens, they're raising funds for these, these projects, mm-hmm. as long as they Binance token. So again, that sort of, uh, uh, that sort of con- puts the control of the Indian uh, blockchain industry, like really outside of India, you know, and, and t- to an extent, India is missing out. You know, blockchain development in India should be a focus area. Mm-hmm. Uh, Software development in India has always uh, been one of the like the key areas of software development, and we all know that software is moving towards blockchain being like a dominating technology over the next several years. Yeah. And and if the software developers are not understanding are are not in that area, then you're going to see a massive decrease. Like just uh, and then and then sort of this follow-on effect of like the entire industry, software industry, not being ready. You know. Mm. I mean, it is, it is one of the, like you say, the the biggest uh, next kind of, I would say, software evolution, revolution, whatever you want to call it. But, but um, by not being, you know, at the forefront of that, there's a, a huge, you know, job market problem as well. Um, right. I mean, blockchain, how it's supposed to work, you know, the grand vision of it is that you kind of don't need to know it's there in the background. It's there for the, for the point of, you know, for auditing, for, for transparency, for, you know, uh, collaboration and on on massive scales uh not necessarily right. to be i have to ensure i have the right amount of eth in my wallet in order to do this you know that's not really what it's about obviously and um we we mentioned um you know funding coming from china and, and foreign investors is there any sort of uh, uh is the government getting involved at all you know do they see uh blockchain as any kind of opportunities are they seeing uh crypto as any sort of you know, move forward for their for their national currency yeah, so I think um, there is some there is some focus on blockchain, but it's mostly uh, from a state by state approach, not yeah. quite a national approach. Really, we are not pro crypto in the least. In fact, there is a sort of separation between blockchain and crypto, <coughs> which is really it's really strange because if you think about it, uh, any sort of blockchain uh, that's that's any sort of public blockchain will need somebody to verify the transactions, and if you and 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 once you get into that, uh, crypto sort of gets get, is, is sort of the natural progression of that. So I don't think you can really separate public blockchains and crypto, mm. um, you know. But but the, but but there is a, a, an attempt to do that from a narrative perspective, just because it's sort of more it's 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 more easy to understand. It's it's, it's easier. It's more palatable, right? Uh, but no, I don't see the Indian government as looking at crypto as anything other than a tra- threat right now. Uh, and I think that's going to be 
on our us and in terms of exchanges in general in India to uh, to sort of get them to understand uh, the value that that uh, the industry can bring. We're really tiny. If you consider like even the total amount of of volume that happens in the crypto industry in India it, as as a total percentage of the of the entire economic activity, it's tiny. So we're the the unfortunate part is we're likely to only see regulation uh, when it's punitive. So mm-hmm. if some a few big people get, get get into something that's that's a that's a really uh, embarrassing situation. Uh, then there will be regulation to to stop that, which sort of what something a lot of people are afraid of. Like so recently, yes, just yesterday, uh, the prime minister's uh, website's Twitter account got hacked, uh, and and it was uh, started promoting some sort of crypto scam where people sent money. Which, if you think about it, should have been a, a red flag right there. Anybody who was following the crypto industry would know uh, that, that the prime minister is probably not accepting donations. The PM COVID fund from yeah. uh, in crypto and Bitcoin and Ethereum, yeah. but apparently some people didn't do it or whatever. Especially and, with Ethereum, the gas, be good. the gas fees are so high at the moment. Why would you do it, Neath? <laughs> well, uh, you 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 have to wonder how long they've been waiting for those transactions to confirm. Right yeah, after they're still the <laughs> going. But uh, yeah, I mean, so, and that that's not going to be good for. I, I mean, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh well, this is going to be great for crypto regulation. Yeah, right? you just can't. I can't wait for this to trickle down to actual regulation. So I think there, there's, there's definitely that. But I think over time, I think the exchanges will start uh, being able to communicate with government better. It becomes, you know, that's what I hope. Yeah. But, I, but I hope that so regulation to, is really needs to get to that snowball effect to be kind of on their radar and big enough in order to you know want to give it that sort of attention. And that's something we've had. Uh, in the UK, um, as being part of Europe, or not part of Europe anymore, um, with the FCA, you know, their their narrative has gotten better over time. So it's been, you know, it's been like a four five year process. Um, originally, it was you know, Bitcoin and crypto and blockchain are all the same thing, and we don't want to know about it. And then it became to those well, you know, uh, Bitcoin is an exchange token like Litecoin. You know, then you've got utility tokens like Ethereum. Then you've got your STOs, CFDs, and everything else. Uh, and they've started to kind of split it up. And then with obviously the new directives and etc. Cool. If you're doing this type of business, we require you to be registered. Uh, and that's a whole kind of separate conversation what we're going through at the moment. But it's it's healthy. It's moving in a direction instead of being stagnant, and not being recognised. And the longer it's not recognised, uh, the longer you know the 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 people in the industry that want to pull us down that want to do the you know the the bait and switch you know the the scams the the money laundering stuff uh it just gives them a, a breeding ground to, to to keep doing business for longer which doesn't help anybody especially businesses trying to trying to grow for the for the better and um so specifically one, one, thing to, yeah. add, one thing i'd add is uh that i think i think one of the things is going to ha- uh, make make quicker adoption a reality is CBDCs. So I think mm. that uh, CBDCs are, are, are inevitable and China will probably come out with it first. Uh, the United States will probably come out with it next. And I know India is talking about Lakshmi coin and, and, and central bank digital currencies. I think that's going to be uh, pretty much um, uh, the, like the, the, the name of the game going, going forward. And then once you start having multiple digital currencies and people start being uh, comfortable with the concept of digital currencies like oh the Lakshmi is a, is a coin so is this and that that holds value mm. then it's going to be a really easy jump for people to think 
hey, wait yeah. a second. Uh, why why is a centrally backed digital currency uh, more legit than another currency that's decentralized? Like maybe this might be a better idea. So I think that in 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 an attempt to actually fix the problem by introducing CBDCs, they may actually make it uh, more attractive for people to switch to. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think especially with the way that I, th I think you know the current gen, whether they call, it, I think we're back to Gen A now or Gen Z A, or I don't know. I I, can't, I ran out of letters, but the concept of what money is. It's definitely different from you know when when we grew up. So you know I, you always paid in notes and you had coins and you collected it in a jar. And you know we're getting into now. You know I don't think I've seen a, I, got, I got issued a checkbook with my last Barclays account, which never got touched. So the whole concept of a check is completely foreign now. But you know I think especially in the last especially in the last five years, um, with the embedded neo banking with mobile apps, uh, money is essentially numbers on a screen. You know, it's Apple Pay, it's Google Pay, it's, you know, I very rarely carry you know, more than one or two cards around me and I'll use my phone because that feels like a more secure device than someone stealing a physical card and being able to tap that thing 10 times before it runs out of juice. You know, that's potentially over a thousand pounds of stolen fun, stolen money. But the, the concept of what money is and what wealth is, is, you know, nearly completely digital. And there are some countries that are in Europe that are experimenting, they're nearly 80, 85% um, digital payments everywhere so they don't have a, uh, a a currency i think i lost your audio there for a sec oh you're still there good um but the uh you know the idea of having cash in hand um within the next kind of i reckon even within the next five years uh could be a completely foreign concept yeah i mean that, and 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 I, and I hope not, right? I mean, to some extent, uh, uh, we need to be able to have the ability, either, e it needs to either be replaced with the ability to have private transactions, you know, on chain, uh, but that should be re like replaced by all those transactions no. being essentially, you know, uh, under, under major scanners, whatever. Yeah. You know, some sort of. 1984 type situation. Exactly. So I mean, there's there's obviously lots of uh, uh, lots of pros and lots of cons. Um, I think there there is just as many pros uh, as there are cons. You know, being able to uh, physically hold your you know money and like oh you haven't paid your parking fine, so we're going to freeze your your CDBC euro wallet, right. so now you can't buy food. You know, it's a bit. Yeah. It can, it can instantly the story can instantly go all the way to the right uh, without uh, without being th thoroughly thought out. And um, I mean that probably brings us really nicely into something like we we a lot of people in crypto talk about banked versus unbanked, and I'm sure you're yeah. probably seeing quite a lot of this in your specific area and your specific industry in India, which is why we talk about your uh, kind of P2P markets. But like, is there you know even a wider divide uh, from what you see in kind of your platforms and, and your experience in in uh, in India? Is that there you've got a um, uh, KYZ versus non KYC? You've got a a large yeah. gap in sort of uh, in, in in sort of wealth and, and trading etc. And how does how is that sort of uh, being looked at in crypto? And how is you know, crypto I suppose a solution to to bridge those gaps? So one of the interesting things is India is actually the second largest uh, unbanked country in the world. And if you look at the, the top three, pretty much all of them, three or four, pretty much all of them have taken pretty much a hostile view towards crypto. Uh, South Asia, practically all of South Asia, uh, uh, if you actually look at it, has banned crypto in some way or the other. That includes Mauritius, uh, Pakistan, uh, India to some, to some extent, recently and now it's in this limbo situation. But China, you know, uh, they're against crypto in, in, in certain situations. Hmm. So uh, the places that need to have uh, the way, where crypto is, is a solution, where banking the unbanked is a problem, those people are not getting access to that 
to that to that solution, right? Uh, so it, 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 it's really strange, but it's probably not as strange if you really think about it. But India is um, India is one of the biggest gold trading markets, uh, and the reason that is is because people are using gold uh, as a bank. Mm. A lot of people are just not able to put money in a bank for whatever reason. Uh, something like only one percent of 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 Indians pay taxes. Uh, in a sense that one percent of them actually uh, uh, put out a return and actually pay pay taxes to the government, but in a, but uh, in another sense, a hundred percent of them pay taxes based off of inflation. Inflation is a massive problem here. Uh, so, like in 2010, a uh, thousand rupees would get you thirteen dollars. In 2020, that same thousand rupees. Sorry, the other way around. In, uh, in 2010, a thousand rupees would get you twenty-three dollars, whereas that same thousand rupees now will only get you thirteen dollars. Wow! So it's it's almost half, plus half its purchasing power, and that's you know comparing to the U.S. dollar, which in, in and of itself has just massively depreciated, right? So India, in particular, is doing really badly when it comes to inflation and 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 the value. And so people are obviously not looking at uh, the Indian rupee as as something that they can really trust to keep their value in, you know. Mm. Uh, and and that's why you know people are using gold as a bank. Uh, people uh, are some things like forex, uh, the, the the forex freedoms of, of moving money back and forth, which is sort of taken for granted in in Europe and the United States, is it doesn't exist over here. Mm. So the whole concept of 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 moving money and 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 uh, and transferring money and paying for things and paying taxes is 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 completely uh, it's it's so messed up that the majority of people are uh, are are sort of opting out of the system. So if you just mm-hmm. look at like just import taxes, for example, the import taxes on 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 various uh, devices like let's say USB sticks are much 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 higher uh, than they should be solely because they haven't actually updated the forms that I the, the price list from mm-hmm. three or four years ago. So they're still charging duty on on USB sticks as if they were the, the you know as if they were they were costing what they were costing like ten years ago. So that yeah. the entire system is encouraging people to sort of like opt out, and and there's not really a good solution to uh, that's safe. Like Yes Bank closed, we know that Yes Bank closed. Demonetization was a huge problem, where something like eighty percent of India's currency was demonetized within overnight. Wow. Uh, so people, yeah, so people are actually seeing this as a visceral problem. Guys that yeah. lived during during demonetization, I was I was here then, extremely in, uh, inconvenient to be able to buy anything. Uh, people here realize that money is broken, uh, and I think for for extracts, uh, what we're trying to do is sort of offer people uh, access to what is essentially banking services. Uh, so it, it allows everybody to have their own um, virtual account within our USD bank account, and uh, we are of course regulated by KPMG. So it gives them the ability to uh, have a bank that is much much safer, that is not uh, 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 connected to any of the, the political turmoil that could possibly happen in India and could cause things like bank closures. So we're sort of uh, offering them uh, a safe way alternative, and that's I think something that I think uh, uh, people that, uh, like. The, the founder of X-Rex uh, feels really, really strongly about. It. I, know, I know Wayne and Winston have felt that, uh, look at look at banking the unbanked as 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 one of X-Rex's primary primary missions. And I think uh, part of the way we've created this product, our product, is to sort of help uh, people that maybe don't want to be KYC'd. Because uh, so so we've we've come up with a solution. I think to the KYC problem. I think the vast majority of people are not able to KYC. Uh, so you have only since only one percent of people are paying taxes. Those are the only one percent of people that are able to uh, uh, 
you know, prove where their income came from and be able to file, you know, all the required uh, documentation. Mm -hmm. So really the market for the average crypto exchange in India is that just that 1%. Uh, and, and we think that there requires solutions for the rest 99% that maybe don't have access to those bikes. Gotcha. And, uh, and, and this is uh, built on a lot more of a pay-to-pay -pay model instead of a, let's say, centralized exchange book, right? Yeah, so we do have a spot exchange uh, and it's fully operational for in, in India to KYC users. Uh, I think decentralization is, is, is one sector, but it's a part of the problem. Uh, no matter how easy you make decentralized exchanges, they're not going to be you know, easy enough for ordinary people to use. Uh, and, and institutions such as banks are not really doing phenomenal jobs in every, in every sector. Uh, it's, and so we're, we're sort of like, what is, what is the solution, right? Uh, the decentralized economy is great, but the regulatory framework um, uh, eventually what will end up happening is that the government will, will gravitate towards supporting centralized exchanges uh, because decentralized exchanges would be such a threat, right? So it, to, 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 the, to the way they do things in terms of being able to have any, any sort of degree of control. And so we sort of want to be in the happy middle uh, where we're sort of decentralizing the exchange business, but we still have a centralized order book and are able to offer them that deep liquidity uh, and a purely retail experience. So we also have something, uh, a product called BitCheck, which allows people to transfer value back and forth uh, through any account on our system. And you mentioned checks being an antiquated concept. So I think the idea of BitCheck being sort of like a Bitcoin check yeah. and that bringing that, that uh, uh, skeuomorphism, if you want to call it that, into the, the, the new century. I suppose the idea of a check is good, but the, you know, the literally... Here's, here's a bit of paper that represents money in my account and you can go and, you know, use it any time in the future. It just creates this like, well, have they claimed that money yet? I don't know. I There's just so many antiquated part, bits of it. You know, it, it was from, you know, the 70s and I think that's where it should have stayed, personally. Well, that's, that's <laughs> what I said about fiat money too. I mean, if you yeah, think about like, when exactly. you talk about that, how odd is fiat money? It's, oh, it's printed in fancy paper. Okay, great. That, that yeah. makes it better. And it started from, like, you know, as we know, it started from you can claim you know, anything you want from this, whenever you like, we're always going to hold it, uh, to trust us. It's worth the worth it's, it, the, it's, it's, uh, it's worth its weight in gold, which it is obviously clearly is not. And I think that's, yeah. uh, you know, I, I know that you and I could go back and forth and talk about this kind of stuff forever. And we have in the past as well, but I think just in respect to time, it's a really, really good point, which to end today's, uh, episode. So, um, Jason, thank you very much for coming on. Any last words about kind of what you're doing in the space, how people can get in touch with you and, uh, what you're coming up next. Sure. Sure. Uh, people can reach me at TokenJ on Twitter, uh, XRX, uh, we're, we're really looking at the Indian market in here, sort of like one of our main focus areas. Uh, we think that we can really uh, make a dent into the whole unbanked uh, problem that exists over here. And we think also we have a solution uh, that, that, that might, might uh, mitigate some of the problems around KYC uh, in India. So I think we're really excited. We've, we've we soft launched uh, about a month, a couple months ago, uh, but I think we, we will be fully launching, you know, over the next, uh, fully rolling out over the next few months. So we're really excited about India's market. Great. And if uh, anyone listening, you might want to be on the show one day. We'll talk about fintech, crypto, and trading. Uh, drop us a tweet at CoinPass Global. Send us an email to CoinPass, uh, sorry, podcast at CoinPass.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn for all the updates. And once again, Jason, thank you very much for being on the show, and I'll see you next time. All right, Jeff. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.